Nudity represents so much more than the act of being naked. It represents letting go, surrender. You're peeling back your layers to your most vulnerable point. And I believe when we have strength in our vulnerability, that is the strongest we can be. Welcome back. This is the Confident Collective Podcast, and we are your hosts. I'm Rayanne. And I'm Christina. We are curb models, content creators, and some would even say comedians. We started the Confident Collective Podcast to help you live your most confident life by sharing our stories and sitting down with experts to talk about, well, life. We chat sex, dating, business, relationships, and so much more. We hope you love this episode, so let's get into it. I think we need to start off by addressing something that's really important. What? Ray and I look far better in person (laughs) than we do on camera in these podcasts, okay? Let's just say that. I refuse to admit that this is what I look like, and I know you feel the same. No, I literally am like, I can't watch the videos because now I'm like sitting up straight. I can't watch. Oh my gosh, no. I can't watch the videos because I'm like, I'm sorry. That's not what I look like. I refuse to believe that that is how people see me in the world. I think, you know, I just think the cameras are too HD or something. I can see every pore. I feel like my head is really wide, but I think that might be the (laughs) headphones. But I just refuse to think that that's what I look like in the world. But you want to know what's so funny about this is Steve always yells at me because whenever I do like a TV segment or something, he's like, oh, yeah, watch that back. Let's see. And he's like, let's watch it. And I will never watch it ever. I've never watched one of my TV segments in full. I always let him watch it. I'll send it to other people. I'm like, I don't care if they watch it, but I cannot watch myself back. So um, now that we're trying to step up our podcast game and do video, it's been also a very humbling experience. It's been very humbling. I've got a droopy eyelid. My skin is needs to be lasered off. I literally, <laughs> yeah, like, no kidding. Am I? Not really. No, actually, from one in one clip, I was like turned to the side and I was like, wow, I look hot from that angle. So I just need to like, only speak from the side now like this okay okay. and then I look like a 10 I'm like a 10 from this way and then I'm like a three from this way (laughs) (laughs) so anyway that's not what we look like okay okay no offense to our amazing camera people (laughs) oh yeah 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 sorry who are in the rooms with us as we talk about their (laughs) who spend hours (laughs) setting this up for us and then we're like we hate it um I need to know about your birthday weekend in Colorado which by the way looked like the most wholesome adventurous family time like we can ever I was like wait does Ray need to leave the city and get a cottage in Colorado because I was like that life looked amazing honestly I think I had that same thought too I was like holy shit like I know I just got to New York but like am I a country girl now I think so um it was incredible I I feel like you as a country girl no I think I'm gonna I think I need to get a house there and like split my time between New York and Colorado I think you might. Um, Mm -hmm. But, okay, so it was so wholesome and so fun. But I have to tell you, it happened two or three times, and it's really embarrassing when I asked someone if they wanted to kiss me and they said no. Did I ever share this on the podcast? It's happened again. No. (laughs) So here was the thing. So I had the most wholesome 30th birthday weekend in Colorado, which I feel like we've been talking about my birthday for so long, but that's just very true Leo fashion of us, so it's fine. I feel like that feels true to your personality. It feels true to my personality that we've spoken about my birthday for four consecutive episodes. I think it makes sense. So I went to Colorado and it was just like, 
I was in touch with my spirit, my soul. We went to a pottery class. My dad, it's so funny. My dad's like a six foot five rugby player and he loves doing pottery. He used to do it in high school and he's so good at it. Like my pot was horrible and his like huge like nub hands was sculpting these like beautiful pots. I'm like, have you found your calling? This is crazy. And then we went up to the mountains. My little sister lives in Breckenridge with her husband. And we went to the mountains. We did paddle boarding. And we, okay, if you're in Colorado, you have to go to this place called Tennessee Pass Cookhouse. It was the most beautiful dining experience I've ever had. You hike about like a mile up to this yurt. I guess that's what it's called. And you have this most amazing dinner or break brunch. And you're overlooking the mountains. It was so stunning. I told my mom, I was like, I just feel so at peace right now and so happy. This was like idyllic. But we did, back to my kissing story, we went out on Saturday night. So we went out into Orem, which is another amazing restaurant in Breckenridge. And then we went out after and had some drinks like in Breckenridge. And after a while, we started talking to this group of guys and my mom and dad were like, okay, like this is where we leave you. Bye. And we end up going to a few other places and they come with us or they follow us there. Wait, and now is this you, Tori, and Justine? Yes, me and my two sisters and my sister's husband, who when he hangs out with us, we call him Michelle because he wants to be one of the girls. So Michael is Michelle. And okay, we are talking to this group of like guys from Texas. And one of them is so hot. Like he looks like Rip from Yellowstone. Fuck, I don't watch Yellowstone. Okay, basically, it's like rough. I'm Googling him real quick. Cowboy. He had a beard. He had this kind of strange large cross necklace, but we could get past that. Like cowboy boots, like belt buckle. Like it was, he was a cowboy. Mm. Drives a truck from Texas, okay? He was hot. And I, I noticed he was just like staring at me a lot during the night, which a lot of times I think that and then it's not true. So I wasn't really reading into it, you know? I was like, okay, don't fall for this again, Ryan, whatever. Like, he's probably obsessed with you, but just in case. But just in case, like, I'm not letting my brain go there again. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we're like, okay, we're going to this other place, this other bar. And they're like, okay, we're going to come with you. And like, the whole night, he was taking care of all of his friends. His friends were wasted. And he was like, getting them waters. And like, he was driving. And that was just like the biggest turn on. I was like, this is so sexy. Like, he was just like, responsible zaddy mode okay Mm -hmm. and he's like okay we gotta go I have to take these guys home they're a mess we gotta go and I'm like okay we like say our goodbyes and so me and my group start walking this way him and his group start walking this way and my older sister goes wait so-and-so says his name do you want to make out with Rayanne and he turns around (laughs) he's like yeah and he starts running towards me and then I start running towards him it was like a movie. And then we just had a make out in the street and his friends were cheering and then my sisters were cheering. And then I'll never see him again. Um, Wait, I'm obsessed with this story. I feel like you're like, he's like, you're Ryan Gosling. No, seriously. And my delusional side was like, oh, he'll for sure find me on Instagram and like send me a message. And he has it. Didn't happen. <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. It was so fun. He was so cute. We had a really like movie kiss and then we went on our ways and it was the only time that I guess I just have to have other people ask for me. I can't ask them if they want to kiss me because then they always say no. So well 
Well, this was a wonderful lesson learned. And I'm so excited for you because I feel like there's nothing better than a vacation romance, even if it's just one kiss and one night and that's it. It's like, oh, you can create a whole movie out of that. It's the best. So that's my life update. What's going on in your life, Christina? Yeah, I really feel like we need to look further into this cabin situation for you because I love that idea. Yeah, I I think I need to have a cabin in Colorado and then an apartment in the city and just live my dream life in both places. That sounds amazing. Um, well, for me over here, I just survived a hurricane is what they're calling it. Oh, damn. Okay, can I just tell you, it was like the weirdest thing ever. The fact that California has changed so much in the past decade plus that I've been here is just insane to me. Um, But there was like that tropical storm and then earthquake. And it was the weirdest thing because you kind of forget in the middle of summer, at least living in LA, that rain even exists. Honestly, like we never get rain here. And having like the stormiest day ever felt so magical. And obviously like there was real damage. I'm sitting here in our studio that um, the roof collapsed. So like there was like real problems. Oh God. So I I shouldn't be so frivolous about it. But for me in my household, it felt like a sense of calm. It felt amazing. (laughs) I realized that with myself, I'm always like on the go trying to do stuff. Like even at home with the kids, I'm like, if I don't have to work that day, I'm like, let's go out, let's do things. And this was like the first time in the longest time I just stayed home with like nothing to do besides be with my family. And it was amazing. And I'm like, why am I always trying to like chase an adventure? It only took a hurricane to keep me inside. Maybe that's a wake up call for you. I think it's a really crazy fucking wake up call. You know what another wake up call is? Obviously, I've talked about this a lot over the past several months. But Bethany Frankel just did a podcast with Raquel, now Rachel Levis from Vanderpump Rules. And I have to do some serious therapy to figure out why I have been so focused and obsessed with Scandal since March. Like, am I just trying to deter myself from looking at my own personal? Like, like, what is going on? Why am I so obsessed with this drama? But I have listened to these three episodes that Bethany released like four times. Three episodes? Three episodes, which is crazy because they had 12 ads each. It was like a huge money-making machine. It was also so freaking annoying. Oh my gosh, I'm so mad that you don't really follow Scandal to dive into it. But she knows nothing about the drama that happened. And it was so frustrating from like a listener who has been following the series from day one and knows everything to listen to someone have this interview and not know like any of the real actual information. Yeah, that would be annoying. I was like immersed in it and I still am. And I love following all the feedback on it. And I just cannot believe like revisionist history is something else. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. So what's the overall consensus? What are people saying? Well, what's really annoying about it is I feel like Bethany had her own agenda, right? She had like this thing called like reality reckoning. It's kind of uh, synonymous with the strikes that are happening with SAG and the Writers Guild. And she feels like reality TV stars should have their own union and that they are not being compensated from the networks. And in part, she is right, but it is like a totally different ballgame, right? Like these reality stars aren't getting compensated. They're never getting residuals. They are kind of getting like, I guess, the short end of the stick is what she is saying. And 
she's using Rachel or Raquel's story to defend her case. And what she's saying is that like Raquel pretty much has made the network and has made Bravo so much money from this whole scandal and she hasn't seen a single thing of it. Mm. But Raquel is going on and trying to act like what she did wasn't even that big of a deal because they weren't actually best friends. Meanwhile, she's gone on so many other podcasts. She said on the show, no, we were best friends. So she's pretty much like rewriting her entire story. And Bethany is there defending all of it without having any actual knowledge of what actually happened on the show or in their lives. Do you know what I mean? Right. So she basically is hearing this girl's side of the story and being like, oh, yeah, like, yes, boohoo for her, but has no idea the other side. And it was just so frustrating as a listener because none of the actual questions that I feel like someone who is like obsessed with Scandal wanted answered were even asked. Like for me, I'm like, okay, I don't really care about Bravo. I want to know like, how did this start? Did you guys almost get caught? What was he saying to you behind the scenes? Did you ever almost tell her? I want to know like all the juicy details about the affair. Do you think she'd come on our podcast? I think she should come on our (laughs) podcast. Exactly. Raquel, Rachel, call us. Give us a ring. Give us a ring. Yeah. So anyways, that has been my life lately, honestly. Wow. Well, what I've been obsessed with lately is the new September Vogue cover was released. And it's the greatest of all time. It was um, Cindy Crawford, Naomi Campbell. What's this girl's name? Christy Turlington. Sorry, I forgot her name. And Linda Evangelista. Okay. Mm -hmm. All supermodels. These images are so photoshopped. It's actually crazy. And things are coming out of like the images versus some of the behind the scene footage. And they have changed these women so much. And I'm just kind of like, I feel like that's defeating the whole purpose of having them on there to show like aging is beautiful and you can be, we should be celebrating it. Where instead they're just editing them down. So their faces are completely smoothed out. Their necks are completely smoothed out. And some of the images, I think it was Cindy, her head looks photoshopped on her body. Like it is wild to me. I'm like, what is going on? And it's just so sad because I feel like this was such a missed opportunity to like celebrate age when in reality, I feel like the message coming across now is you want to hide your age because look at all these, even the world's supermodels, they had to completely Photoshop. Wow. I did not know where you were going with that. I need to look at these behind the scenes. I did not see that. I'll send you some TikToks I watched. It was crazy like the videos of them behind the scenes so different which they look amazing but I'm like why wouldn't you just celebrate what they actually look like I wonder how that feels for them like if that is part of the conversation or if models who are so heavily photoshopped if they see themselves if they're like upset at all or if they're like oh yeah they made me look amazing like I wonder what that inner dialogue is I'd be like holy shit they think I look like shit they had to change the way I look. Have you ever been photoshopped? Like, have you ever seen yourself really photoshopped? I wish these podcast videos were photoshopped. <laughs> but no, I don't think I have been. I once time did um, a photo shoot with a photographer friend of mine. And she photoshopped me so much. I was so upset about it. And it was also like... Yeah, did you think like, oh, she... Yeah, and it was like such a weird thing. I didn't even know how to have a conversation with her about it. I just never posted the imagery. I'm like... Dude, like, my jaw does not look like that. She completely changed the shape of my face. Interesting. I was like, so you think through your eyes, I look better this way, is right. what you're saying. Right. That's how and I, I do think there's it. something different than, like, 
smoothing something out, like putting a Paris filter, right? Or removing maybe an acne mark or like a pimple or something like that. Mm -hmm. But completely changing someone's face shape or their body is so messed up on another level. I would assume that these supermodels are used to that because that's probably happened their entire career. But it just goes to reflect on like what you're seeing is so fake. Yeah. What you're consuming in the media is just not real life. And it's just so hard because so many of us are comparing ourselves to these images, to these videos, and they're just not even accurate. Yeah. So I was sad about that. But um, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, um, something else I've been obsessed with is the summer I turned pretty. And I feel like I just need to say this because I've talked about it so much on here and how much I love the show. And let me tell you, the show is shit. Okay, how a show can go from my favorite show that I was looking forward to so much to watch to being like the most cringeworthy thing I've ever seen is just beyond me. Like, how did they mess this up so bad? Was that the season finale, the last episode that came out? Yes. What? I had to like Google it to make sure because I was like, that. did you watch it? Yes. I was like, that is the worst season finale ever. I have no interest in watching anything else. And also like, what the hell? Like the more I think about the whole storyline, I'm like, this is just... No, the whole storyline is so insane. Like, I was trying to think of it with my sisters. If I made out with a guy, slept with a guy, dated a guy, then he's dating my sister? What? What? Like, I don't have... I'm like, this is literally insane how she can just think... Like, I'm just like, Belly, I'm over you. You're annoying me. Why is your name Belly? It's annoying. I'm like, you're annoying me. It's so annoying. I'm like, Isabella is such a beautiful name. Why are we calling her Belly? I know. Oh, and also I'm just like... The whole storyline with the house, obviously, like maybe we should put a disclaimer, spoiler alert, yeah. Um, in case you want to watch the series. But even like the whole thing with the house, I'm like, this whole drama with the house dragged on for like six episodes. And then all of a sudden their mom came in, which like, why weren't parents around? Like these kids are teenagers. Their mom came around and just fixed everything overnight. Like what? And then their dad was like, oh, don't worry. We'll just sell our childhood house. I'm like, this is so much bullshit. Yeah. So were you team Jeremiah or team Conrad? Team Conrad, for sure. What about you? Oh, my God. I don't know. I like Jeremiah. He's so cute. He he is so cute, but I just don't think that... I think he just seems like the easier choice. She's in love with Conrad, I think. Oh, no, I was saying, like, team... Yeah, I think she was probably more in love with Conrad. But for myself personally, I like Jeremiah better. Conrad needs to go to fucking therapy. Like, I'm like, dude, get over yourself. Oh, my God. Well, that's really mean. Yes, he's been through some hardships. But, like, you got you can't just shut people out. Where Jeremiah, I feel like he just has a heart of gold. He just really cares for people. And he just is just a gem. And I just love him. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with all that. I agree with all that. I'm still team Conrad. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll agree to disagree. (laughs) Well, with that, let's get into today's episode. I'm so excited for this episode because today we have on Charlie Max. She is a creative director. She's a curve model. She's a chef. And she hosts these nude dinner parties and practices nudity into destigmatizing nudity being sexual. And she really talks about how being nude has helped her get in touch with her body and feel super at home in her body and comfortable in her skin. And she talks all about, it's called the food experience, and talks all about these incredible dinner parties that she hosts where you come nude and you connect with your body through food, through conversation, through breath work. 
And these experiences just look insanely beautiful and elevated. Whenever I tell someone about this, like I'd followed Charlie for a while and I was telling some friends, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to go to this new dinner party. And they're like, wait, is that like an orgy? Like what's going on? I'm like, no, it's not at all. And I show them the images and they're like, wow, that is beautiful. And she's just doing really, really cool stuff. And I loved hearing her share about her confidence journey and all of the stuff that she's doing with the food experience. So we're very excited to have her on. Let's welcome Charlie. I feel like to get started, we need you to give us like a quick background on who you are. Just like your little quick spiel of of Charlie's background, okay? Yeah. Okay. My name is Charlie Ann Max, and it is my mission to connect us to our most pure, authentic selves. So I have a project called Food, and I am the founder of the Food Experience, and that essentially is a liberating space that celebrates our most pure, authentic selves through plant-based foods, community, art, nudity, and self-love. And essentially, I curate and host naked dining experiences. Damn, girl. <laughs> I think it's so, so cool and so interesting. And honestly, even just hearing that makes me feel like a little bit nervous. I'm like, a naked dining experience? What? But I feel like before we get into food, because I think it's so interesting, how did you get there? What was your upbringing like? What was your relationship to your body growing up? Because I feel like that relationship to who you are and your confidence growing up really cultivates who you are as an adult. For sure. So it has, I did not feel very connected to my body growing up. I was a ballet dancer and modern dancer. And so I allowed the toxic body culture around that, that conform to affect me in a negative way. There's so many beautiful parts that I'm so grateful for about dance now having like having not been a part of it or in the world, but it can be a really toxic place to grow up, especially for women. And it's hard enough being a woman and having all these things about your body. Like, I mean, and like beauty, all different industries. So I fractured my spine when I was like 22. I moved to New York to dance at Joffrey Ballet. And when I stopped, I was like, okay, uh, I had been dancing since I was three. So that was something that was an identity that was like super attached to me and a part of me. And so not having that, I was like, well, who am I? What do I do? So I went through a huge explorative phase. And through that, I was like trying all different things, like playing different parts of myself and figuring out what felt right. And it, it felt amazing to be experiencing that. But then I started practicing nudity. I was going out in queer uh, nightlife a lot here. And yeah, I started practicing nudity with my best friends. And that was extremely liberating. And I was starting to see how much it was benefiting me. And then eventually I started modeling. I was kind of in the fashion world. And at first, I didn't want any photos taken of me. I was so insecure. And then people would be like, well, you're so free. And I'd be like, yeah, but I'm free for the people that are around me, <laughs> not anybody else. Like not on the camera. Yeah. And so that was a whole new level. And then one of my best friends, Caroline, she photographed me. She's a gorgeous photographer, Caroline Lorray Teston. <laughs> and those photos that she took ended up going viral. And then that kind of like launched into modeling. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I have so many questions about all of this. Rewinding back a little bit to your dancing days, how did you fracture your spine? 
So I had a stress fracture from overuse because I have a really flexible body, flexible back. And I would just like be pushing right, my and back I can't touch much. our toes. So <laughs> yeah, no, we are literally the like the most <laughs> non in touch with our dancing side. It's it's bad. We are very inflexible, so we don't know what that's like. Okay, and growing up, I know I've always heard that dancing is like the talk around your body for like young girls in dance is very negative. Could you share like some of your experiences to kind of give our listeners a picture of what that was like growing up in that space? Yeah. Well, I think it starts because one, you're wearing like a leotard and tights in a ballet Mm -hmm. class or very, very form fitting clothes, which essentially you're doing that to be able to align your body because everything you want it to be centered. But then with all of that as well, you have the mirror in front of you, you're standing, comparing yourself to every single other woman or other person in the class with you. And so that's like, what the hell? And then you're starting to look at your body and you're like, why don't I have thin little thighs? Or why are they bigger than Carrie over there? And so then you're like, what the hell? And then she's getting those parts. And then you're like, oh, it's because she's skinny or like skinnier than me. And at the time, like all of us were skinny, like tiny. And then we're starting to like pick little things because you're staring at yourself in the mirror constantly. And then obviously like eating disorders are coming out, anorexia and like all these different things around you that it's like more, that's more popular in that kind of culture sometimes than anything else. (laughs) In addition to dancing and then how did that also translate to like your home life were those same conversations echoed were what was like food like growing up yeah so I grew up vegetarian so there was some kind of consciousness there but that was also kind of unhealthy a little bit because I was just eating the same foods after a while and then Like, I mean, a dance teacher, if I was concerned about the way my body looked and it was really affecting me, I'd go and talk to a dance teacher about it or whatever. And they'd be like, well, maybe you need to change your diet habits. And then I'd be like, well, what is that? And I don't have any of the tools or information to even know what that is. So I'm like, okay, I need to like stop eating or whatever it is, or like stop eating certain foods, which can be good, but it also can be negative. I think there's two sides to everything. And if you're in a negative state of mind and not very connected to yourself and feeling a disconnection to your mind and your body, then you're going to perceive and experience everything from a negative point of view. And then the people around you, I believe, are also in that state too. So it's just kind of not very positive and uplifting sometimes. But dance itself, being able to dance and like feel that and dance it out when you're not in a good state was really freeing too. So it, mm-hmm. I feel like that would always depend on be dependent on the teacher too. Right. And like where the teacher is with themselves and what they've kind of gone through because if they've gone through a really intense like body thing or whatever, then they're going to be really intense on all the girls too or the dancers. Mm. It's so interesting because it's like you either get that from like your parents at home or in this case, dance. Yeah. Um, And it's just so interesting how those conversations start so young. And when you don't have the tools around it, you're like, okay, so I guess that means I'm not going to eat or or whatever it can turn into. So you said you started practicing nudity. Mm -hmm. As someone who doesn't practice nudity, what does that mean? Just being naked and like forcing yourself if it's uncomfortable to be naked in your home you're practicing it you're putting it on it's a practice and the more you do it the more comfortable you get and I believe that when you are starting to be comfortable being naked then that translates to everything 
outside of you. Because I believe nudity, as I've learned, it gets, just gets deeper and deeper. Mm. The more you are like practicing nudity or just being naked, nudity represents so much more than the act of being naked. It represents letting go, surrender. You're peeling back your layers to your most vulnerable point. And I believe when we have strength in our vulnerability, that is the strongest we can be and the best we can be because that allows us to be able to connect to other people really openly. And then we're able to connect to the world around us and the earth. And then I just think you have a lot more compassion when you're doing that. What was like your first time like practicing nudity? Were you scared? Like what did it, were you scared? Were you like in a group setting, maybe not alone in your house, but Mm -hmm. what was that like? I can't honestly, I was exploring so much. I I think the first time it was with my roommates and I guess maybe in a group setting and I found it was really strange when people are so like afraid of it when I was in such a liberated place. So I was like, oh, I feel amazing. This feels so good to just be me. And then people were kind of like scared of it and being like, oh, what's a weird girl, naked girl? (laughs) (laughs) And then you were like, oh, it is. then made you feel weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also my parents were really openly nude growing up. And I, up until then, I used to hate that and like resented them for that because I'd be like, can you like me and my brother were like, can you just not like walk around the house naked? So growing up, they would just be naked. Yeah, sometimes they were like very, they'd be like, we're like the Swedes. And we're like, what? (laughs) Okay, so this is like kind of normal then for your upbringing. Because that's the big question I had. And I see so many people on social media kind of like talking down. Like I saw this pretty big influencer and she just posted literally in a nightgown that had lace on it. And people were like, how could you let your son see you like that? And she's like, well, it's not weird in my house. So like nudity, I mean, I guess it was a little bit weird to you growing up. But now looking back on it, do you feel like it's normal? It depends. I mean, I'm trying to normalize it because Hmm. I believe that our bodies are our true home for this life. And to be able to foster a positive connection to our skin, to our body, uh, is so important. And I think we've lost disconnection with that as time has gone. I mean, there's such a stigma against nudity. It's heavily sexualized. People Mm -hmm. oftentimes see nudity and they think of sex. And that has to do with a lot of different things, such as the porn industry and whatever. Mm -hmm. And there aren't also a lot of naked spaces that aren't sex positive, which that's amazing. And that's its own thing. But I think there needs to be more spaces where you can just be in your naked body and it's not sexual. So I feel like it's important to be able to desexualize the body. So that way people who are commenting like that on that woman's post, they won't see it as such a trigger for them because they're probably thinking like, oh, she's like, being extra sexualized and even then it's like I don't know people always have things to say Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I mean it's up to us if we want to hear it or not but at the end of the day the people who are like being a critic and commenting it's just a mirror and it's just reflection on them and if they have something that's shameful to say that I think just reflects back on them not the person who's actually having the courage to be themselves and share who they are yeah right I love the idea of practicing nudity to make you feel more confident and feel like your truest real self when you do have clothes on, right? Like being vulnerable to yourself and then putting yourself in an outside environment, even if you aren't nude, I feel like 
it still translates that confidence, that respect for yourself. So I think that's really important. And I guess for me, what I'm wondering is if someone wants to like try and practice nudity or feel more confident in their bodies, like what would you say to them to begin? Because I know for me, like the first things I go to are like, oh, I would want to walk around my house naked or in front of other people naked because of A, B, C, and D and start all my list of insecurities start Mm -hmm. going through my head. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's why it's just another great thing because you you just have to learn how to let go and really surrender to what's going on in front of you. And yes, there are always a thousand reasons on why you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. But if it feels good in the moment, then that's good. And you should follow that regardless of what it is. And I think also just walking around your house naked, if it makes you feel more comfortable at first, you can close the blinds. But I mean, like, if anyone sees me walking around my house naked, I'm like, it's a body. That's it. Mm -hmm. And I think there's such like an intense feeling around what that is and what they're doing. But that's, again, on the other people. So. Mm And one of the things I actually started doing on like my confidence journey, like years ago, I would stand in front of the mirror naked Mm -hmm. and like just really look at myself and really look at my body. And it was so weird. I was, I always felt way more confident naked than I did in a swimsuit, for example, Mm -hmm. or even in clothes. Like I was like, wait, how can I feel so good about myself like this and not when I have clothes on? And I think that's just a really good practice Mm -hmm. of getting comfortable with yourself and your body. Cause this is like, this is your home. Yeah. And I feel like so many women avoid looking at their naked body, especially if they're self-conscious mm-hmm. and struggling with body image. So many women are like, like you said earlier, don't, don't want their picture taken, mm-hmm. do not want to look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. So I think that's such a good practice to start feeling more comfortable in your skin. Yeah, totally. Mirror gazing is amazing. And that's Mm. something I do recommend and that I love because also if you're looking at yourself and there's things that you really hate about your body, you just force yourself, you fake it till you make it, keep telling yourself you love it because at the end of the day, like there's all these, this drama around certain things that we don't like, but we're just living a beautiful life. Mm -hmm. Our bodies are so beautiful. And each time we kind of force ourselves to say that we start to recognize how beautiful we actually are. And when we put that on for ourselves, we can put that on for other people. Because when you're picking negative things out inside of your own body, you're most likely thinking that about other people, like subconsciously, because we're mirrors. And maybe you're not like right head on. But Also, once you're able to find that compassion within yourself, then you can then see that for others and have a lot more respect for other people too. Like you're setting the bar for how you respect yourself is how you respect others. Mm. I I love love that. that. Okay, you start practicing nudity. Like how does that translate to a nude dining experience? Yeah, so I have always loved cooking ever since I was younger And when I stopped dancing, I started educating myself on more nutritious foods. And as I was learning more about about the meat and dairy industry, I started to see, okay, I don't want to really put that energy inside of myself. And so I started being more conscious about what I was consuming and what I was doing and what I was putting into my body and how I was treating myself because this was like a new way of life that I'd never experienced before. It was all, I was trying on different things. Mm -hmm. And so I started hosting dinner parties and we would do nude optional events. And then I moved, I lived in New York for eight years and then I moved to LA five years ago. And when I moved to LA, I was hosting nude optional events still. And then the pandemic hit 
And I started my Instagram and I finally was like, oh, I want to start this thing. For years, I was thinking about starting food and I hadn't done it yet. And then I finally was like, I think it was like the first day of the pandemic. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And I had friends who were quarantined with me and I was just cooking different like healthy, nutritious meals every day. And the more I was doing that, I started to feel really incredible about the food I was eating. I was like getting high, actually, just by the food and like learning different uh, superfoods and doing different elixirs. And like, it was amazing. And so then I don't know, I was feeling so much of life. I was feeling like I was on ecstasy. (laughs) Um, And that felt really good. And I was sharing recipes alongside my naked body. And I would donate to No Kid Hungry and Appetite for Change for anyone who would complete the recipe and share. And my whole thing around that is even if you weren't plant-based, you can try this really simple recipe and cook it for yourself, nourish yourself. If you wanted to take a photo and post it naked or share it, that was cute. A lot of people did that. But food grew really fast through that, through the pandemic. And then... I started to constantly get deleted by Instagram because of the nudity, regardless of censoring. And I think they're constantly changing their guidelines. So if I would censor it one way, that would be okay. And then eventually, like, it wasn't okay anymore. And you had to censor more and more and more. And so I'm like, always constantly learning what that is. But when that happened, I was like, hmm, what's an intentional way that I can create a space that I don't have these limitations in real life as things started to open up. And so I started asking friends when I would host the nude optional events, what made them feel most comfortable. And a lot of people would say, like, it actually makes me feel uncomfortable when I'm getting naked for the first time in front of a group and other people aren't. It's kind of like creepy and weird feeling. So then I was like, ah, okay, require the nudity. And then I wanted to kind of cultivate the space that I had created online. It was, it's such an amazing community that I built on food. My old account got deleted for good, whatever. And that's why I started doing more themed dinners and requiring the nudity. And then the first one I had, it was just like a test trial run with five of my really close friends. Then the second one was like 13 people. Then the next one was like 25 people. Then the next one was like 30. And it was like a whole thing and people are loving it and feeling so liberated and everything that I've felt for myself through the process of learning how to love myself, people feel when they enter food, which is like, ah, so amazing. Well, and I had followed you for a while, honestly, for I think a few years now. And for anyone who doesn't follow you or doesn't know what the food is, is that like, they're so stunningly beautiful, like these dinner parties you put together. And I think when I say like nude, people say like, oh, wait, what? It's like, is that like an orgy or something? And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, you don't understand. And I show them the images from these events and dinner parties you're doing. And they're like, wow, this is, it really is art. And so for someone who maybe hasn't seen your Instagram, can you kind of describe like what, if someone was going to come to one of your dinner parties, what that would be like? Yeah. So you would attend. I also like to keep a very simple, clean palette Mm -hmm. because I want everyone's like the centerpieces to be our bodies and the food to foster really pure connection. So you would enter and you take off all your clothes. I work with a variety of different amazing facilitators like breath work, movement facilitators, vocal toning facilitators, sound, any kind of thing that helps us tap in deeper to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Breath work is my favorite because if you haven't tried it, active breath work, your body vibrates. I was just doing it with my sister yesterday and she was like, what, what 
what was that? I'm like, your body's vibrating, girl. Wait, <laughs> and, I need to do that. Yeah. I know, same. Well, yeah. And so all these things that you're feeling, you're tapping deeper into yourself. You didn't know your body can vibrate like that mm. naturally without getting any kind of high or whatever. I mean, you're getting high naturally. So there's right. no actually no substance at my events. So you're really vulnerable and mm-hmm. you don't have anything to hide behind or kind of use as a crutch to help yourself feel more comfortable. You're working right. on doing it yourself. So we do like 35, 45 minutes of some kind of facilitation and then we sit at the table and then we'll do some kind of icebreaker to get to know one of another to help us feel even more comfortable as we're entering into the space with one another. Then there's a three or four course plant-based meal that's usually based around the theme and we have different themes for each one. And then someone, whoever I'm collaborating with on the theme, or if it's just me and we're discussing a topic, we'll do a little bit of a like discussion around it and then open it up to everyone to share their perspective. And we'll ask certain questions that help people think about what they're speaking about. And yeah, it's just really, really amazing. <laughs> that sounds incredible. I, I want to, I really want to come to one. Y'all have to come. What has been some of people's key takeaways who come to the event? If maybe this is their first time doing anything like this? Yeah. So it's interesting. Most of the people that attend have never experienced nudity themselves or never experienced nudity in a group. Now I think because of what I'm doing, it's also attracting more people who are like in nudists and have been in part of nudist communities for like 50 years. I'm wow. getting like a range of ages, which is super cool yeah. to learn from because I'm, they'll tell me their stories and they're like, I started naturism when I was 22 and I was like, me too. <laughs> and I get to hear their whole thing and like we relate yeah. so deeply on how beautiful nudity is and what it means and what it represents. But it's actually a lot of people who are trying it for the first time. And I think it's so cool because that's who I think has the most transformation or it's the most life-changing for them because it is a life-changing experience. You're you're not used to this. Also, we have so much stigma around nudity. Then you step into the space and like you forget that you're naked after like 10, 15 minutes of being there. It doesn't become anything and you realize there's the conversations that you're having are so much deeper than like any kind of weird small talk. The questions right. are, it's like, oh, I like your shirt. I mean, you can't say that. You you're know, like, you can't be like, you have to get right. deep because you're like, I'm naked. What am I going to be like? So cool nipples. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Wait, no, that's actually so true. And you don't realize how often, like as an icebreaker, you're just commenting on someone's appearance, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I like your outfit or where'd you get that from? Wow, so that does make you get a lot deeper. Mm-hmm. And I do think that when it comes to this sort of situation, the environment and like women feeling safe is of utmost importance, right? So obviously you're cultivating like a really safe environment for women. I was thinking back, I'm like, have I ever been nude? I was like, no, I've never have. Mm-hmm. And then recently I did that nude artwork with Camille. Oh, yeah. And it's so weird for someone who's never been nude. She just made me feel so comfortable that like, I was walking around naked for like probably three hours and Mm. I never once thought like I was walking around naked and that was weird. Yeah. So I could imagine like how quickly you just feel so free. Totally. And because that's beautiful and amazing and I love it. But also because you're around, uh, everybody's naked. So it's not Mm -hmm. like there's some people clothed and you're on the same uh, like playing field. So Mm -hmm. 
you you're it's so normalized in that space when you're doing that. And then because there's so many activities planned through the night, you're doing you're eating, you're conversating with people. And like, also, I love it's totally random. I don't set seating. But whoever you're sitting next to, like some people are like, lifelong friends, some people never miss a Sunday, I host them on Sundays. And it's just I love the community. It's so cute. Well, you've really created something that I think is so cool and so empowering. And I was reading some articles of women who have attended your events, and it's just really is life changing. And it sounds like it's such an empowering experience to really feel connected to your body. And like, I just feel like we're always running around and like, doing a million things that we are so out of touch with our bodies. And like, it it's something that I think we do need to force ourselves to do more to really be like slow down and Mm. really appreciate our bodies. And this just sounds like such an amazing experience. Mm. Do we need to do one together? Do I want to do one too. I feel like this would be a really great practice for me because yeah, I I think going into it, I feel like I would feel insecure and nervous. And I, I feel like probably similar to that art experience, I would be like totally comfortable within a couple of minutes. And I feel like that feeling is so liberating and exciting and just freeing. Something you talked about is like the negative stigma that comes with nudity. So like, why do you think destigmatizing nudity is so important? Good question. Because it's so sexualized, I think like when we're naked, it's our most pure raw form. So it's kind of wild to me to think about how afraid of nudity or like how much commentary there is on the naked body when it's just that that's what we were born in like we were born naked Mm -hmm. and it also I think for us to have that connection to ourselves and to our most pure selves and our skin and everything it, it doesn't need to be sexualized and I think because there aren't a lot of spaces for us to experience that and it's not a part of the culture really or it's not normal I want to change that because it should be normal. You should feel a connection to yourself and be okay. And it shouldn't be a weird thing about getting naked. And that's, I think, one of the most surprising things as all the articles started to come out, people are like losing it on the internet. And it's like gone viral so many times. And I just really, it's so crazy for me to think about. Well, I've only seen the good ones. Yeah. Yeah. What people have had negative responses? Well, the people writing it, so far I've had beautiful writers and beautiful experiences. And I think that's because I'm putting a really positive intention to why I'm yeah. creating this space. So that's felt from the people attending. And I'm always encouraging people to come themselves. And I require any journalist, anybody to attend naked too. But I, the comments, like the New York Times comments, like oh. 90% of them were like horrid. And then everyone's talking about the smell and all these things. And I'm like, first of all, if you don't shower going to a nude event, that's weird. And also it's like, it's a medical issue if you're smelling crazy you know well, I'm sorry my clothes after being on the subway in New York like I would rather them leave them at the door I'm cleaner <laughs> without them when I go somewhere. yeah wow wait but are people leave people who are leaving these negative comments are probably people who never come no no yeah totally I mean we have an application process it's usually yeah and it's very extensive me and my assistant go through every single one of them and Yeah, we haven't really gotten that many weird ones, but all the negative people who are having something to say, I kind of don't really mind because at the end of the day, it's sparking a conversation and sparking something within 
them to be able to comment on it. And then if it's like something hyper religious, which I'm a very spiritual person, I'm kind of like, what? I think nudity is like the most pure. You're really like acting as you're surrendering everything and you're just stripping down to your most pure self. So you can kind of connect a little deeper. It's another vehicle. There's so many ways to connect, but that's one beautiful way that I've found. And I think why people keep coming back or experiencing it or finding like, wow, you you see life a lot clearer. You feel a lot more beautiful. You feel a lot more connected. And that could be for a variety of different reasons. But I think the nudity has a huge part to play in that. And what do your parents think about this when you were like at home being like, oh my gosh, put clothes on. And now they're like, wait, Charlie's having new dining experiences. Like what is their feedback? Oh, they are the best ever. I talk to them every day. I was just talking to them right before this. And they are like my number one fans. They love hearing about everything that's going on. They're just extremely supportive. And yeah, they love it. They're like, (laughs) <laughs> they are so proud. <laughs> oh my gosh, I That's love so that. Cool. Yeah. And where now that you're doing these weekly dinner parties and so much of your life is practicing nudity, how do you feel in your body? Do you feel much more confident than, you know, a few years ago, maybe even before you started doing these in 2020? Like where's your confidence at now in your body? Yeah, it's I feel really comfortable in myself and it's cool because I'm facing different levels of it, the more I'm a part of it. And then also even like understanding how to create a safe space. That's a whole other level. And then just, I mean, learning like, okay, avoid those kind of questions. Ask these questions, keep it uplifting. Mm -hmm. Like I'm learning every single time. And it's funny, my parents are always like, how was it right after they'll call me like immediately? They're like, it seems like your notifications are off. How was it? And then I'll, I'll tell them and then I'll be like, oh, it was the best one I've done yet. And then they're like, okay, but like, what makes it the best every time? You say that every time. And I'm like, because it is <laughs> this happened yeah. and that and I mean it, it, there's a lot to learn each one so it's so fun because I feel like the opportunities are endless and I continue to be growing in the space and deepening my practice with the connection to myself and I used to have a huge fear of public speaking like this I would be shaking and now I'm like whatever <laughs> no the way you speak is beautiful and you're so sure in yourself I would never guess that thank you thank you you're proud of my little Charlie <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah I used to be I mean then like the first few dinners I was doing I'd be shaking to like speak in front of everyone because I was creating this space and my parents would always speak for me when I was younger. And Mm -hmm. so I allowed them to like, I was like, oh, that's because I guess I'm too stupid to speak. And so then I never like gave presentations in school. Like I would always shake if I had to go up and like give a presentation because I'm like, oh, everyone's going to think I'm stupid. scary. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But then doing food, I like forced myself to be another level vulnerable and being able to like open myself up to everybody authentically and doing something like this and continue to do that. So. Well, we absolutely love what you're doing. It's so cool. Yeah. Is there anything else you want people to know about food? Yes, food's very cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you, we have an application process to join with different verification parts. So if you would like to attend, go to thefoodexperience.com slash application or we have our schedule. We're located in LA. We do once a month in New York. And then we just started doing London. Yeah. That's so cool. You're international now. I know. International. (laughs) 
Yeah. How cool. I mean, food is amazing and you are such a confident, sure person. But one thing we always want to ask people is, when was the last time that your confidence was tested and how did you overcome it? Mm. Whether it was food related or not. Yeah, that's a good question. When I went to London a few weeks ago to host an event, I was like, I think doing an event in LA, then the next week I did it in New York, then the next week I was in London. That was a little much for me, I Mm. learned. And I was feeling a little run down. And I was kind of the theme was harmony of nourishment. And I was feeling like, I'm cooking the food, just like stay present because I believe that when you're not present with the food, the food's not going to taste good. You're not putting good energy into it. The taste is off if you're off always. Mm. Like when you go to a restaurant and the taste is off, it's because they were not paying attention to what they were doing. They're having a bad day, whatever. But because of that, I was feeling like, oh, I have to give a whole talk on harmony of nourishment and what nourishment means and harmony. And I was like, I'm not feeling very like connected to myself right now. And it's all new people I haven't met before. It's not like it's in a new city. I had like a few writers there and I was like, and I just followed my gut and followed myself. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to speak from my heart and be honest and say, I was going to give a whole talk on nourishment and harmony of nourishment. And I'm just going to nourish myself now and not do that. And I was so proud of myself for doing that because I think sometimes I would have like forced myself like, oh, no, Charlie, you got to do it. And then I was like, you know what? That doesn't feel right. It's not going to be good for everybody else. I'm just going to one practice, like just doing what feels best and letting that run. And so I guess... That was a little nerve wracking for me. And like overcoming that was really positive. And then it solidified the idea that everything's always okay. If you can't control everything, you just have to let it be. And when you do, beauty is under that. So Mm. I love that. I've loved our conversation today. You're incredible. I love what you're doing. (laughs) Can you please tell everyone where they can find you? And if they want to come to a dinner party... Where the, yeah, where they can find you. Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram at Charlie and Max or food at The Food Experience, and I sm- spell it like F-U-D-E, nude food. <laughs> oh, my God, I didn't put that together. Yeah. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's thefoodexperience.com or at The Food Experience, and you can apply to attend. We have our schedule all the way up until December and then I'll figure out the rest after that. But we have tons of fun dates. And then I think we're doing San Francisco. We're going to add in a few other cities in the U.S. to come. And then we also started doing private events, which is super exciting. Cool. And then another thing I'm really excited about is cooking classes. So if you aren't comfortable attending a dinner yet, or if it's not in a city near you, if you want to attend, then you can do the cooking class, which is super fun. And you'll learn, usually I do an entree or dessert or a starter, whatever. And it can be in the comfort of your own home. And so if you're scared, it's a really nice first thing. So you're like, and you can have the camera off if you want to, but you also have to apply to attend that. And it's $22. And yeah, I hope you guys come to that. (laughs) Amazing. No, I'm definitely going to be coming to one of your New York ones coming up because this just sounds like such an incredible experience. And I've already told my friends about it. I'm like, we got to go. I think this would be such a spiritual and very grounding experience. And after talking to you today, I'm like, 
wow, your energy is amazing. Confirmed. <laughs> this is so cool. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much. And y'all are so amazing. And I love your podcast and what you're doing. So really, really beautiful. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes on our website, theconfidentcollective.com and find us on Instagram at Confident Collective. And if you really loved what you heard, screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories and don't forget to tag us.